we are all football all the time, and we will have some football today, but we got to give the softball and baseball teams a little love this afternoon. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, literally just a second ago, the Alabama Crimson Tide ladies on the softball diamond, uh, they just advanced to the Super Regional where they will host, it looks like most likely Northwestern. That game isn't over just yet, um, or at least it wasn't just a second ago. Uh, it may be over by now, but it looks like Northwestern's going to be able to pull that out. So it'll be Alabama and Northwestern and probably the most tradition-rich rivalry in the country. <laughs> yes, uh, that is a big, big, big rivalry. Uh, but but regardless of, of what's next, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've watched a huge percentage of Alabama softball games this year. If I haven't watched, I've listened to it. I doubt I've missed an inning. I mean, that's how – how much I've uh, followed this team from, from the very beginning this season. Uh, incredible what they just accomplished without their best player. I, I challenge everyone in the nation but Oklahoma, who's at a totally different level. Oklahoma could probably beat the Yankees. I, I don't I care about them. Any other team in the nation, I challenge you to remove the best player from your team, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, take your best player out and, and win your NCAA regional. It's really, really hard to do, and Alabama somehow pulled it off. Now, they struggled scoring runs today, but they've struggled scoring runs all season. Uh, huge shout-outs, just huge, to Jayla Torrance, who pitched all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and was spectacular all three days, particularly today with the season on the line. A, a complete game shutout with Montana Fouts throwing in the bullpen since the second inning. It was like, hey, Jayla, if you get in trouble, Montana's coming in. Jayla never got in trouble. Seven innings, and she was just fantastic. No different than she was Friday or Saturday. She's easily the regional's MVP, if, if there is such a thing. But also Allie Shipman, our super senior catcher, who's probably under-credited with the success of the team because she does something that's, that's rarely noticed in, in terms of the way she handles the pitchers the way she uh, plays defense at her position, which is about the most crucial defensive position in the sport. Uh, and, and for her to gun down a base stealer in the sixth inning, and they got a base hit with the next hitter, that, that would have put Alabama behind going into the last inning of the last game. But Allie Shipman gunning down a base runner and then hitting the game-winning home run in the final inning, uh, man, what, what – she so deserved this, you know, for, for how the season went. So before I talk about Northwestern and that huge rival, rival that they are, uh, just just to reflect on winning a regional, which is a big deal. If you don't think it's a big deal, ask UCLA, who came into this uh, tournament as the number two seed at home and lost and won't be in the Super Regionals, losing to Liberty, a team that Alabama lost to uh, during the regular season. Uh, and other SEC teams, by the way, not a great showing – today by the SEC at all, uh, and, and it's a great league, uh, probably the best in the sport, and Alabama won their regional without Montana Fouts, 
uh, un, unreal, great job, great clutch play. And uh, I've enjoyed the heck out of the season. Uh, most, a lot of complaining Alabama fans felt Alabama wouldn't make it to a regional. They hosted. Then they said they'd never, they did. Then Montana got hurt. And they said, this team has no chance. And, and look what they did. They outperformed last year's team, even with the Fouts temporarily sidelined. But she'll be back for the Super Regional. That'll make it interesting. It will. And, and um, you know, she looked ready to go back in. She had that knee brace on. Um, they showed her warming up. I, I think that's positive. I'm glad she didn't go back in um, because I, I just thought that was – I don't know. I just didn't think it needed to happen. I mean, I think you need to put your faith in the team that was out there. Um, I think that was a good confidence builder to allow that team to close this out. I mean, a home run in the top of the seventh – uh, to break that 0-0 tie, you know, when uh, the previous inning, the bottom of the six, Middle Tennessee had gotten somebody on with nobody out. Um, that was big. And um, so, yeah, just a big win. And, again, I'm not I'm not a baseball guy. I don't enjoy baseball all too terribly much. But um, I do really like softball. I think softball is more fun to watch than baseball. It's a little bit quicker. Um, I know the athleticism isn't necessarily the same. I get that. Anybody wants to throw that argument out there, I understand it. But I think the skill level is pretty close to the same. And um, I do want to give a shout out though to Alabama baseball. Look, Ole Miss stinks this year. They stink to high heaven. They stink beyond stink. Stink thinks they stink, but it's hard to sweep people. It's very hard for Alabama to sweep people. It's not that hard for Alabama to sweep Ole Miss. They swept them last year and they won the national championship at their place. But um, Alabama did sweep them. Um, if Missouri could have held on to a lead late against Auburn, Alabama would have gotten a little bit better seed. Uh, but as it stands, uh, Alabama is going to open, I think, on the third session on Tuesday. Uh, they're going to play Kentucky in the 8-9 game. And it's going to be a tough road to hoe. There's no doubt. But – um, you know, you got to feel good about how this team has responded to what went on with Brad Bohannon. And regardless of whatever happens, they're going to make a regional. They, if they do really well in this tournament, I think they can host one. And uh, if they host one, that would be unbelievable. All of a sudden they go from really one of the more hated teams, I think, out there. But when the, all this story first broke about Brad Bohannon in terms of, you know, it's just icky when you hear gambling associated with your program to now that we know it was Brad Bohannon betting against his own team, I think they're going to become one of those plucky underdogs. So I think they're going to uh, sort of have people wrapping their arms around them. But anyway, very happy for them, very happy for the softball team. Uh, two nice uh, weekends for both of those programs. And now we move on, and Northwestern did take care of Miami of Ohio, so it would be Alabama Northwestern. And just really quickly, because you brought it up about the SEC not performing all too terribly well. Auburn was eliminated. Uh, Missouri was eliminated. Of course, they were in Oklahoma's bracket, so they had no shot. South Carolina had a shot. They were in the final game against Florida State, and they lose one to nothing. Georgia does advance where they will take on Florida State. Arkansas hosted, and they were ousted by Oregon. Um, LSU, it looks like they will advance. They they were fighting tooth and nail against – they were down 6-1, to one, I think, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, and now it looks like they're going to advance. Ole Miss was eliminated in the Utah bracket. Utah gets a gift because uh, UCLA doesn't advance. Tennessee will advance, it looks like. They'll face Texas. A&M, Texas A&M was eliminated, I should say. Texas will play Tennessee. Texas A&M was eliminated by Texas. Kentucky was eliminated by uh, Northwestern, like we talked about. And of course, Alabama will move on, and Florida's out. 
So the SEC didn't perform as well as we probably wanted it to, but we do have four teams out of the 16 left. And I could easily say I'd, I'd be willing to bet three of those four teams make it to the uh, the championship round. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'll start with Alabama. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, Fouts is back, but as good as Torrance pitched, I mean, I'd question how much – I mean, Alabama's problem is scoring runs. I mean, this is the thing that drives me nuts because I read all these comments on social media. Look, I see, hey, when Fouts doesn't pitch, Alabama's in trouble. You know, if you took Fouts' numbers out and say, okay, Fouts never pitched all year, and you look at the numbers that Salter and Esman and Torrance put up, Alabama ERA-wise would have finished about fifth or sixth in the SEC. Fifth or sixth in the toughest conference without Fouts at all pitching, they'd have finished fifth or sixth. They finished 10th in runs scored. There's only 13 teams. 10th. The problem was scoring runs. It was not, oh, we're in trouble when Fouts doesn't pitch. Well, obviously, we're not as good when Fouts doesn't pitch, but they weren't a problem. They weren't awesome like you expect when Fouts is out there, but the problem with this team all year has been scoring runs, and we saw today against a quality Middle Tennessee team, they scored one run in 14 innings against Middle Tennessee. And if you've watched this team all year, you shouldn't even be too surprised. Uh, scoring runs is the issue. Now you're going to face somebody really good this upcoming weekend. And I don't think Alabama's problem is going to be Fouts, uh, who, who's going to be a little rusty, or Jayla Torrance, who's obviously earned the number two role. Jayla's going to start a game. As a matter of fact, I'd consider starting her Friday, give Fouts one more day, you know, uh, to, to rest. Uh, as good as jail is pitched. And then uh, Salter and Esman are just depth. But Alabama is only going to win their super regional if they score runs. I have total confidence in the pitching. Doesn't matter if it's Hurt Fouts or Torrance or, frankly, even the other two who did some fairly good things over the weekend, too, Salter and Esman, fairly good things. But uh, Alabama's got to score some runs, so they won't make it to the World Series. But, you know, that's okay. And I say that's okay in the sense that you had to be a dyed-in-the-wool Alabama fan to, to look at this team before the season started with the losses they had in the portal, with the losses they had to graduation, and look at this team and go, that's a World Series team. I mean, I, I think getting to the Super Regional is a fantastic accomplishment. Now, can they move on? Yes, but they got to score runs. Let's take a break, Jimmy. We're going to talk a little bit about – Built Bar, because I love me some Built Bars. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all that sugar and calories, then you need the best tasted protein bar, Elva Built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't think they're good for you. You got to try them. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how they do it. It's magic, but they do it. They make it happen. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can also get them at Amazon. You can go get them at built.com. It's so easy to go get these things. So go to built.com. Uh, go to Walmart, go to Amazon, go to Sam's Club, go to Lifetime Fitness. That's where I usually get mine right after a sort of a lax workout. That's sort of how I would categorize my workouts. But you can go get you a built and they're delicious, nutritious, and scrump delicious. You'll love them. Built.com. The rest of the week, we're going to be talking about Jimmy's countdown. We're going to talk about Jimmy's countdown here in the 
next segment after this segment. But in this segment, we're going to talk about Turbo Rogers, the running back uh, at Pike Road. I've seen him um, as a ninth grader. He was he was the kind of guy we were like, "Uh oh, this guy's going to be a dude. And I think he is going to be a dude. He's in the 2025 class number 88 player in the country, number eight running back. He is going to make his commitment on June 1st. It seems excruciatingly early for a running back. Um, if you're a quarterback, I get it because you're, you got to be the Pied Piper. You quarterbacks to me, you either need to commit very, very early or extremely late. Uh, th- those are the two options. Don't commit like, I don't know, like if signing days, if you're going to do the December signing day, don't commit in like the, November, you know, don't do early November. Don't do that. You need to be like on signing day to make as much hullabaloo as possible or very early. So you can get as many kids to come with you as as you can. But regardless, he's going to be committing Jimmy. I I don't know what to think. I've seen this guy live. I liked him a lot. Um, I, 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 when I saw him, I thought that guy's, he's great. Elite. I, I don't know. I mean, does he does he seem like a Derrick Henry-esque, Trent Richardson-esque type running back? Not really. Does he even seem like Mark Ingram, who was a high four-star uh, coming out of Michigan? Um, I don't know. I could I could see it, but I, I'd probably – I mean, maybe I'm biased because I've seen Mark Ingram be in the pros for a while now. I don't know. I, I would take him. I personally would as Alabama. I would take him. I just feel like it's early. I feel like it's early for anybody, and he's got an incredible final five. He does. Uh, he's going to decide on June 1st between Oregon, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida. Uh, I feel a lot like Luke does. You know, when I explain my feelings about recruiting, I often use as an analogy the NFL draft. I have this idea, maybe it's wrong, Luke, I have this idea that most of the people listen to our show, uh, while they're very smart recruiting fans, or you wouldn't be listening to the show. I mean, you know a lot about recruiting or you wouldn't be listening. Uh, but you probably know more about the NFL draft because we're inundated with news about the NFL draft. And my point of, uh, that I'm trying to make here about Turbo and him being a 2025 running back sort of feels like if you're a running back in the 25 class and you want to go ahead and commit uh, more than a year and a half out from your signing day, that you need to be a first-round pick, right? And, and as we know, those of us who follow the NFL draft, first-round pick running backs are uh, – they're not unicorns, but there's one of them. There's two of them, you know, and this year there were two. There was our own guy, Jameer Gibbs, who was drafted shortly after Bijan Robinson from Texas, who's a bit of a freak. Uh, and, and there's one or two running backs a year that get drafted that high. To me, for a 2025 running back to already have a committable offer at an elite school, uh, to have an offer list like him, seems to me you need to be Bijan, need to be Jameer Gibbs. You know, and, and I, I, I've seen Anthony Rogers, Turbo, I've seen seen him in person and he is a good prospect there's no doubt he's a good prospect I saw him and immediately identified him after just a couple of carries as here's an FBS football player now the question is okay now how good is he is he SEC good is he Alabama good to me those are two different questions because Nick Saban hasn't spoiled me he's ruined me like the rest of you guys so I don't look at SEC players anymore and say is he good enough to play in the SEC I say is he good enough to play for Nick Saban's Alabama Uh, I'm not sure I think he might be, but I want to see more. And when you're a 2025, there's a lot more to see. There's a whole junior season, a whole senior season. 
uh, and there's talk that he's going to go to IMG, uh, which means great, great. That's an even better look because you're even practicing every day against elite competition if you just play for IMG or enroll at IMG. I, I, so I don't know how I feel about Turbo. If Alabama takes him, I'll be like, look, I'll be like, all right, all right. Uh, if Alabama is not ready to take him, I understand that too. Alabama just may be more like, hey, we really like what we see. We want to see more. You know, we're not ready to get married just yet. You know, let's let's see more. I mean, he's such a young player, especially for that position. I'm also very measurables driven at the running back position as opposed to some other spots. But for me to get on board with loving a running back prospect, I want to know absolute numbers. What's your what's your weight? Care more about that than the height. What's your weight? What's your shuttle time, which is very important because running backs need burst at this level. And then, of course, what's your 40 time? I, I want to know those numbers before before I latch myself onto a running back. And Turbo's got a whole year and a half to improve those numbers and for us to know what those numbers are before he enrolls. So I think it's a real interesting choice for him to commit so early. And it'll be a real interesting choice for any of the five finalists to say, hey, you know what? Here's our 2025 running back. We like this guy. That's that's an interesting opinion. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens here, Luke, because as we sit here, I don't know. Sometimes I know. Uh, I, I don't know anything about this one at all. Yeah, it's, again, I wouldn't hate it. I, I'm just, I probably wouldn't be as excited, like with Julian Sayan committing, which, again, makes right. me sound stupid because Julian Sayan is rated way higher, so I should be more excited for And a year older. Yeah, and you're older. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, Jimmy, we're going to continue your countdown. Jimmy, I think we're on number 76 of your countdown now. Am I right or wrong? Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> Almighty. Okay, thank you for the reassurance. I've been I've been immersed in softball all weekend. But, yeah, the next guy is uh, Isaiah Hastings. Uh, very interesting player. Uh, look, where I'm ranking him uh, – is a product of our depth at the defensive line position. Keep in mind, this ranking is about the 2023 football team. It's not a ranking of here's how I see our most talented guys. Our most talented guy is whoever that is, and Caleb Downs, and we'll put him at number one, and our least talented guy is whoever, and we put him last. No, what I'm talking about is who's the best player on the 2023 football team? And the way I view it is, who are we going to see? Who are we going to see? Who's going to be out on the field this fall? So some position groups, you'll have guys ranked a little lower, and defensive line is one of those positions because we have 15 defensive linemen on scholarship for three positions, 15. And you normally play six or seven team rotation. That's a normal number for a, a program that's fairly deep like Alabama. By the way, like Kansas or Texas Tech, they probably just play four or five. But at Alabama, because we're a little deeper, we can play six or seven guys without much of a drop-off usually. So that's what I expect to see this fall. Six or seven, eight is a stretch. We've got 15. So some players just aren't going to play with the first team, and they're going to be more like garbage time guys or guys we barely see at all. So that's why I would have Hastings low, uh, keeping in mind a couple of things. Uh, he was a project from the start. This a guy that didn't play a lot of high school football. He's from Canada. 
I don't think he played football at all until he's a junior in high school. Uh, and then he moved to Florida. And then he's got a, a culture and environment issue where, you know, how comfortable is he down there uh, moving from Canada? Now he's at Alabama. By the way, he, was at a, he went at IMG. He was at a small Florida private school. Now he comes to the SEC. This was always going to take a hot minute with Hastings. So just because I have him ranked this low, that is no reason for anybody to go, oh, gosh, Jimmy says Hastings never going to be any good. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this. I don't expect to see a whole lot of him this fall, maybe at the end of games. Uh, actually, they're pretty pleased with his potential and upside. Like, wow, this guy might really be something. But uh, he's just a bit of a project. And this is just his second year in the program, redshirted this past year. Uh, no one should be surprised that it takes till his redshirt sophomore year before he makes some sort of a splashy arrival. Uh, just a kid that's learning. Uh, Raw ability, crazy raw ability, uh, just got to learn to play and then adapt to play against the best players in the world. Like I always say, the SEC is the second best football in the whole world behind the NFL. And uh, so that's a uh, step up from Florida small private school to second best football league on the planet Earth. I wasn't muted. I was muted, but I was able to stop it. I didn't start talking. I was just um, hoping you're like, wow, I'm just amazed at the incredibly, incredibly prescient words that come out of that guy every, every show. You know, um, while you were talking, one thing that jumped out at me, right? Okay, so Isaiah Hastings, you haven't rated, rated really low, which I agree with. I totally agree with. Um, but you're talking about, you know, he's from Canada. He moved to Florida, didn't go, you know, wasn't an IMG guy, played at a different school, not quite as big, whatever. Um, then he's got culture shock. You know, going from Canada to Florida to Alabama, that ain't easy. And yet, I remember when we signed him, like, everybody was thrilled to death. There's so much potential. There's so much untapped. There's a ceiling. It's so high and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, we just talked about Turbo Rogers. We've seen him. We liked what we saw. But we're sort of, we're not down on him, but we ain't, like, super high. It, it goes back to what we've been saying all along, that, you almost like the the uh, the prospect you haven't seen but I've heard about over the one you've seen and not heard as much about. <laughs> no, that's right. I, I like how you made that analogy because even though they couldn't be more different situations, I feel sort of similarly about both. I want to see more. I don't want to. I don't want to render judgment on Isaiah Hastings or Turbo Rogers today. I would like more time before we're delivering a verdict, right? It's kind of like we're in a trial and the trial is going to last actually five or six days. And you're asking me after day one for a verdict. Uh, I, I need to see more out of both, even though Hastings has completed a full cycle, a full year at Alabama and, and, and a little turbo just completed the 10th grade. But I feel the same way about both. I want to see more from each before I'm totally on board. But do I like where their stories can end absolutely absolutely that's true all right that's going to do it for today's podcast we'll be back tomorrow and uh, until then roll tide everybody roll tide go bama softball thank you Allie, and especially thank you jailer torrance that was fantastic